0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of this podcast series, once called Let's Have a Chat, but that basically just describes my life, so in order to get a little bit of differentiation going up in here, um, this podcast is now called My Awesome Body and What It Taught Me. And I love that title because it explains exactly why I'm sat here in my cupboard. Yes, back in the cupboard, people. Here I am, water heater right to my left winter hats to my right. Um, And I'm sat here basically talking about my body, what it's taught me and also all the thousands of people who over the years I've worked with in my years as an osteo um, and as um, a manual therapist in general and just having the good fortune to be able to work with some incredible people with some incredible stories whose incredible bodies have taught me incredible things isn't it incredible let's call it let's be incredible together no we're not going to do that i'm getting carried away so i think i am um, had too much sugar today so the um the title of this particular episode is me in inverted commas versus mind me versus mind um now let's get into a little bit of this quick philosophical discussion before i am um, before i get to uh, questions about oh but me and mind and what is it and here's the deal. So for me I'm talking about all the relevant bits that I sort of feel like might make up Michelle right now and um, you know you can look at that as many layers as you want. Mind is an interesting one and there's a lot of talk about what mind actually is and for me when I'm talking about it you know I have an appreciation that Of course, our mind is in all parts of us. But when I talk about mind in this context, I'm really talking about getting into my head. And for me, it's just an easy way to describe that, you know, and not trying to talk about mind in a negative way at all. And I've said this before, because I think the mind sometimes gets a bad rap. And my mind has really been incredible in that word again, in helping me understand how things work for me. So it's been part of the bigger picture jigsaw. But in this case, um, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, In storyteller mode, there goes the storyteller voice. And it's really interesting because it was the moment in my life, one of the really big moments when I realised that I had to make some change. And um, the first episode we talked about here, transformation, you know, that is a process and I'm in it right now and it's happening every day. And I'm just having to be more fully aware of, You know, what things I'm holding on to and what things I want to let go of, and how these things change and transition over time. So, all right. So, here's the story. You ready? Get comfortable. It's a good one. So, uh, time for me gets a bit blurred. So, I'm going to say a couple of years ago. That could easily be three years ago or two days ago. So, just um, roll with me on that. But uh, I went to do a Vipassana course. Now, I don't know if any of you have been on one of them. I'm sure some of you have, you amazing people out there um but it's a 10-day silent retreat and it's run pretty much worldwide and it's run in the same way every vipassana retreat has its you know similarities in that you know you don't talk to each other you you don't look other people in the eye that was a weird one um and there's a certain setup which means that you are very much um isolated and encouraged to go let's call it within yourself and what i mean by that is you're paying attention to what's happening in your body rather than outside of it i think that's a good way to describe it so um as we already ascertained at the beginning of this podcast let's have a chat is perhaps one of the taglines of my life so the which we shall title let's not have a chat was perhaps not um not the most fun for me i mean that's a bit of an understatement i really had a terrible time in there and Please don't think that that is Vipassana's fault. It was actually a really great thing and a really deliberate move. I actually woke up one morning and I just had the word Vipassana in my head. I couldn't shift it. I couldn't shift it. And I was just like, right. So my mind took me to Vipassana. So, you know, this is um, this is this me versus mine thing. That versus is just for dramatic effect. It's not really a versus thing at all. Is it? It's a conversation. But ah um, uh, Let's just say that I turned up at Vipassana and was only very vaguely aware of what was going to happen and what it involved, which was a very good thing because, quite frankly, if I'd known beforehand, before setting foot over that threshold, I'd have been bloody running as fast as I could down the road. Um, you wouldn't see me for the dust cloud that settled around me. So um, so let's just say that I went along to this um, Vipassana and I went up to Auckland, New Zealand. So... For those of you who do not live in New Zealand, that is on the North Island of New Zealand. Um, It's the largest city of New Zealand, not the capital, of course. That is Wellington, but that is for another podcast on sights and sounds of New Zealand. So there I was, up in Auckland, all on my own. I've flown up from Queenstown, New Zealand, which is my current home. And there I was just in the middle of nowhere in Auckland. Thinking, oh, this might be quite nice and relaxing. Well, it wasn't relaxing. Let's just put it that way. Some people at the end of the course said they'd found it really relaxing. But I wouldn't be calling this episode Me Versus Mind. And uh, if this was going to have a nice, happy, peaceful ending, um, and it wouldn't make for much a story, would it? I went there, it was fun, the end. That's no story at all. But uh, So there I was. And from the first moment of the first day, when the silence kicked in, I was uncomfortable. And, you know, by that point in time, I got comfortable enough with my own time and was actually really enjoying sitting in silence. Like I joke about enjoying conversations and I really, really do. But I've also learned that my quiet time is my most important time, the time when I really have revelations about myself and I really have a chance to sort of mull things over. I'm a bit of an observer of life, so it's a really lovely time for me to be able to do that. But I digress. See, see what I mean about chatting, but from the first moment, the silence kicked in. The silence kicked in. Um, I went into these. God, my throat's gurgling. I don't. You heard that? Did you hear that gurgle? This then. My throat's gurgling just talking about it, which is really fascinating. Um, this is my body speaking up too. Um, I went into old patterns of childhood fear actually I think that's the best way I went through a period of time when I was um oh gosh about seven eight nine something like that where I was an insomniac I didn't sleep at night I hated the dark um I didn't want to be on my own um yeah just lots of reasons for that which I'm sure we'll get to talk a bit more about over time but just terrible just really gnarly and um so one day of three or four, I was walking around the sort of relatively small track that you get to go for little walks on. I mean, it was beautiful. there's beautiful trees and we were really lucky to have some epic weather. But I was just miserable. I was like just feeling all the feels. Gosh, uh, just my body was just going into all these physiological processes of how my body used to respond when I was in this fear response. And just long story short, I think it was because of... Being isolated like that, no one looking at me or talking to me, and just really feeling like alone. Um, so, I mean, I think we've all potentially felt that way at some point. But just bizarre to be in a group of people, and to feel that way. I mean, of course, none of them can talk or look at me, which is another thing, and potentially a little bit of a link to some old school days there. But um, it was day three or four, and I remember it so clearly. I was walking around bargaining. I was in the bargaining and denial state going, I could get out of here. I could fall over or fake my own death or, you know, any of these things to get out of this place and and be free from this place. I put myself in. And so I would put myself there, of course. And the one thing to remember about Vipassana or any of these situations you end up putting yourself into is that the traps that are set for you there are set by yourself. And I had a very a uh, very clear insight into that with the time that I spent there. And so day three or four, sorry i been beating around the bush, I'm building, building to the big moment. Um, I was walking around just quietly looking at the birds and just thinking, why do I do these things to myself? And um, just out of nowhere, like I'm talking to you now, I heard my, I think it was my voice actually, if I think about it, in my own head, just as clear as I was speaking out loud to myself go you have to go home harley's dead now harley is my dog and you'll learn a lot more about him as we go on because i love this dog he's he's my bestie and he's amazing and i will bore you all with pictures of him if you follow me on social media um anything like that but clear as you like you have to go home harley's dead dead you know i've just out of nowhere and i was just first of all mortified. Not because I actually thought my dog was dead. I knew he wasn't. Um, I felt in my chest and my stomach, in my heart and my body. The rest of my body told me that this wasn't true. Um, but that that voice in my from my own mind telling me that I had to leave because my dog was dead. Uh, that was a big moment for me. It was the moment in which I was just, I had a realisation that I was my own worst enemy in this situation. My mind had brought me to this place. My body had brought me to this place. My feelings, like my intuition, had got me there. But there was a part of my mind that was trying to drag me out early. And it was trying to drag me out early for good reason, because it knew that it was about to die. It knew that I was about to see and experience bits of my mind because of the silence, because of the choice to sit with that discomfort... And look it square in the eye. It knew had to do something drastic, and I almost imagine envisioning it as, you know, when someone or an animal or something in the movies or whatever they, you know they know they're about to die, and they just give it their last burst to try and get, to try and get out of their situation. That's what I felt on like my mind was doing, part of it, part of my mind, and I was absolutely thrown sideways by this. I couldn't believe what I was experiencing. And I made a pact and I made a promise to myself in that moment. I would not leave one second before the 10 days was up. That I would sit in that discomfort. And there was heaps more of stuff. And I'll talk to you a bit more about about the other things. But there was a moment when I was like, no, I will not be victim to this part of my mind anymore. I didn't even know it existed. And oh, my gosh, like. It's trying to get me out by telling me one of the things that I love most in the world is dead. That is brutal. Um, And I didn't feel like I was against myself at that point. Um, I realised that the innate intelligence of my body was weeding out this stuff and going, we're not doing this anymore. And it was that realisation of the intensity of that moment, of that phrase of realising that if I didn't do anything right now and if I made the choice to leave I would therefore be letting that part of my mind win so I stayed and I dragged myself from minute to minute to minute of those 10 days and it was utterly life-changing in lots of ways and I learned so much about myself but I've never forgotten that moment and it's been oh, I guess it's been one of the things that spurred me on the most in learning more about myself and being able to make much more informed choices about how I live my life and what I let my mind get away with, that moment, because that part of my mind didn't want the best for me at that moment. It was fighting for survival. And it's one of the really big reasons why I decided to step out of my comfort zone with the work I had been doing before and talk about this stuff. Talk about how I learned to understand it. Bring my kind of experience to the table as one way of understanding how you might be able to do the same for yourself. Why that quiet time, that time to look inside is so important because you don't know what's hiding in there. And I found one really nasty little dusty corner of my mind that fought back pretty hard. Um, I'm pretty sure we all have that somewhere in us, some more than others in different ways. But um, I'm still working with understanding that part of myself more. I don't dislike it, I'm grateful to it, because without that, I wouldn't have come as far as I've come. And it it stepped out into the open and allowed me to see it. And wow, I mean, yeah, it was a really big moment for me. And a lot of the work I've done with people and for myself since then has been about trying to uncover those things in yourself that are really throwing you off your track. Or throwing you onto a track that really isn't for you. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's a big moment for me in, in that me versus mind moment. But I think at the end of this podcast, having just discussed it like that, I'm going to change it from me versus mind to me and that amazing conversation I had with my mind. And... It's funny because you say it out loud like that and it sounds almost schizophrenic. You've like all these different voices in your head. But you know what? It's true. It's true. Like, think about it. How many times has something happened? And if you were to really pay attention to what's going on in your head, you would hear a voice saying some things to you that probably aren't always that nice. And there's a sort of a psychological technique, if you like, where you take that voice and you actually give it a character or a name. Um... And uh, I've given mine various different names over time. Some are completely unpublishable on this, but um, unspeakable, if you will. But um, I've actually learned to make friends with the voice because it's teaching me all the things that unconsciously I might think about myself and I can choose to work with that and not do that anymore. And a lot of that voice for me has been around self-worth, worthiness, are you good enough? Who are you to, you know, who are you to sit here in this cupboard and talk to these people about your experiences? Well, I'll tell you who I am. Um, I'm a person who has decided that I'm going to use my voice in a way that fills me up, makes me happy, is coming from my heart and my body and not just my mind. And by doing that, I've made a huge amount of peace with the way I think and some of the things I've learned and been able to use that in a really, really helpful way for myself and for lots of other people. And that's my that's my goal. Goodness me. If I hadn't been as strong as I had. If I hadn't had that knowledge of my body. That anatomy. That, that science behind me if you want. For a better term. I would have really worried about myself at that moment. But because I'd done a lot of work. And I'd understood um, what's possible. I suppose. When I heard that voice. I was ready to hear the voice. I was ready to hear what I was speaking to myself. In those layers underneath, underneath what I thought was myself. And that's when we talk about things like, you know, what do you know consciously and what do you, what do you know unconsciously? Because to me, unconscious just means those hidden things, those things that we don't necessarily see, but they're still having an impact on us and our body and our lives. They're still sat there underneath layers of protection, um, layers of mind, if you want for a better phrase, but I, um, I wanted to share this story with you today because for me it's been a real pivot point in understanding my own mind and the mind in general and having what I've observed in clients over the years and what people have kind of shared with me and how we've been able to observe that and how it affects their bodies and how it's been affecting decision making and thoughts and actions and oh my goodness like if we want any sort of informed choice in our lives we got to dig around in that stuff a little bit and I don't think you need to 100% go into it all the time. But what I mean is, you know, you're carrying this stuff around with you. Don't you want to know what it is? Like, I, I think I'd want to know. And I, I chose to know. Um, and that's that's just my opinion on it. And it's just my experience so far. But without it, I wouldn't be as happy as I am. And trust me, it's not the easiest way to go. Like, sometimes easy is to, to not see and not feel. But I don't want easy. I want free. You know, freedom for myself, and that means that I choose to do the work. Now there is a line, and this is a whole other conversation about how much do you do and how much do you like let be, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's a, a delicate balance I'm still working on, and it's conversations that we will have. But right for now, what message I want to get across to you really is that there can be things going on in your mind that really aren't in your best and highest interest. But if you set the intention to start to work with it and you start to realise that there's more to it than meets the eye, you're already halfway there. So. So there we go. That's the story of um, me going to Vipassana and saying weird things to myself in my own mind. Um, But it did change my life. It still changes my life. And, you know, I'm not. There, in inverted commas, wherever there is that magical place where you're like, I got it, I'm enlightened, it's happened. For me, and this again is just my opinion. I really feel like it's a process that never really stops. And if you ever think you're there, in inverted commas, I'd really seriously ask you look at yourself and be like, well, surely life's a journey, and I want to continue to learn and experience and understand other people's points of view, so I can kind of get a little bit more colour to my life, a bit more context. Um and that's actually a really cool space to be in i think that that state of noticing and observing and but it's always it's always going to be a bit personal that's my thoughts you know we're we're part of this incredible world and these this human race but we are individuals within that with our own specific needs and requirements and it's kind of up to us to decide and understand ourselves first and that's um and that's why I wanted to offer this this space up and these conversations up as a little bit of a discussion point, really, for you. And just to be like, well, how does it feel from a different point of view? What if, you know, what if I actually started to pay attention to what's going on in my head now and again? And, you know, sometimes that's too much. Sometimes, you know, you can get very, very much too much in your own your own mind your own head and i'm aware i'm using those words interchangeably here but you understand what i mean right um so that's that's my first my first real story about my experience with starting to unravel the intricacies of my mind so yeah what's your story have you had anything like that happen similarly or if not maybe just try just try when you feel like you're in the midst of something notice how you're speaking to yourself you're in a monologue within that mind and be like, hmm, is that that's not particularly nice, or that's great, or, you know, just notice it, pay attention, and then if you decide it's not for you, well, then you can do something a little bit about it. So yeah, thank you for listening to podcast number two, um, and there'll be lots more coming, that's for sure, but um, as far as it goes for now, I'm going to leave it there on that story, there'll be plenty more to come, and thank you very much for your time, and have an awesome rest of your week.